Hello and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com Senior Editor Katie Atkinson. Hi, Keith. Hi, Katie. How's it going? Good. How are you? You're very, very sing-songy today. I know. <laughs> After last week, I, I felt like I was on a roll and I yeah, sort of had a good keep it vibe. going. Um, uh, uh, how was your weekend? It was great. You went to Bob's Burgers Live. I did. Friday night, I went and saw the entire cast of Bob's Burgers. So they excited. did. It was really fun. They did um, stand-up. And they showed us scenes from episodes that haven't aired yet. And they read an episode that hasn't aired yet. Oh, wow. And their 100th episode comes up this month in May. Which is kind of what this is part this of the, all is, the, yeah. the preamble to that. Exactly. And it was it was so much fun. We're both, Katie and I are both big fans of Bob's Burgers. Yes. And my favorite character, Linda, is voiced by like a 30-something gentleman. And he, like watching him do the Linda voice in person was Tripping. very, very odd. You're like... <laughs> This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the only there's a there's that's the only character on the show where the um, the, the the it's like a female character played by a man. Uh, a, Tina oh, is t- also voiced by that's right. a man. Tina, the, one of the, the the two daughters in the show, is also played by a and man. Tina's voice is actually like that's that guy's voice. Like that's just his voice is is <laughs> Tina's voice. But with Linda, it is like a dude who has you can't even hear the Linda voice when he's speaking regularly. Bobby, yeah, and then it comes out. Hey. It's crazy. <laughs> um. Well. Um. Uh, we'd love to have the cast of Bob's Burgers on. Feel free to call us. <laughs> Give us a ring. Um, but as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. I like the way that works. Huh? It, that was the exact melody you sang last I week. I know. So it, clearly it, it works. It's, we're going to turn this into a theme song. <laughs> Gary's not going to be the only one with a theme song for a podcaster at Billboard. <laughs> In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we have so much chart action. So much chart action. So much. Some weeks we got nothing. And then some weeks... Uh, it, when it rains, it pours. Yes. Yeah. Um, Beyonce's new Lemonade album makes a... Wait for it. Sweet entrance at number one on the <laughs> Billboard 200. Oh, yeah. Um, but Waiting in the Wings is Drake's new Views album, which is off to a very, very fast start. Uh, Prince has a whopping five albums in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 chart and a pair of songs in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. Meanwhile, <laughs> Designer's Panda holds firm at number one on the Hot 100, but... Drake's One Dance is breathing down Panda's door as the song jumps three to two and could become Drake's first number one as a lead artist. Do pandas have doors? Um, <laughs> I, I guess, well. Maybe ba- made it out of bamboo? Then they would eat it. Yes, true. Yeah, they would just probably eat the doors. That Sorry. wouldn't be very, no, I guess not. A lot of chart action. A lot of chart action. Um, plus, we have a pair of interviews this week. Pop superstar and Billboard chart legend Cindy Lauper called in to discuss her new album Detour and her upcoming tour. And the fabulous Adore Delano stopped by the office to chat about his recent album After Party, which debuted at number one on the Top Dance Electronic Albums chart and Life on the Road with the RuPaul's Drag Race Battle of the Seasons tour, which I happened to see in London a few weeks ago. But first... 
Before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. I don't know what is that this, is. I think it was honor of Cindy there. You're turning a little Cindy yeah. Lopper in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcast. Um, you know, one thing I actually, it's not on our script, but I feel like we really should address is that we just announced today, uh, we're recording this on Monday, today is May 2nd, May 2nd, that Britney Spears will be performing at the Billboard Music Awards. It's incredible. Yes. It's in Vegas, so it makes only makes sense. Makes sense. And, I, and we're giving her the Millennium Award. Oh, very nice. She's going to perform a medley of her hits and, uh, we're going to give her a fabulous award and... Let's, you, get, let's get Brittany on the podcast. Could you imagine? <laughs> we would both probably implode. We're going to corner Brittany backstage. And get her hey, Brittany. Brit, 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 If you see like a blonde woman running like the wind past us, that's probably Brittany. <laughs> We're going to get one quote. Hi, Billboard. Hey, we'll Billboard. put that on the podcast. Love you. <laughs> that's going to be it. That will be our guest interview. Um, so read all about that on Billboard.com and you know, make sure to stay tuned to Billboard.com the next three weeks because the show is almost upon us it is already may and the show is just around the corner yes oh goodness gracious um <laughs> so let's get to the chart stuff uh beyonce you may have heard of beyonce mm-hmm. her new album her surprise album lemonade moved an incredible 653,000 total equivalent album units in the week ending april 28th and of that sum, 485,000 were in pure album sales. And of course, these numbers are according to Nielsen Music, our fine partners that collect sales data and track data and streaming data for us. Um, that's the largest week for any album in 2016, both in terms of total units and in sales. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I hear Beyonce's popular. Yeah. Um, and that's not even the most exciting news, though, from her number one. Correct? Oh, well, yes. There is more exciting news. <laughs> but wait, there's more. I was just like, what could you possibly? <laughs> I was like, I'm looking down on our list. I'm like, what else are you talking about, Katie? What are you about to spring on me? Well, the album, of course, which uh, was released on April 23rd, initially just through Tidal, but then it became widely available to purchase on April 25th. It's her sixth consecutive studio album to debut at number one. Um, and she's only had six studio yeah. albums. So all six That's of her studio it. albums have gone to number one. Her first six albums, her first six studio albums have all gone to number one. No artist has ever had their first six studio albums go to number one on the Billboard 200 chart. Previously, it, we had both the Kingston Trio, if you want to go for a full-on throwback, the Kingston Trio <laughs> saw their first five studio albums all go to number one. They didn't debut at number one because that wasn't a, a normal. Thing that wasn't a thing then. back in the 60s. Um, actually, was it the 60s? Yeah, very early 60s. And then DMX, crazily enough. It's quite. Because <laughs> when you think Kingston Trio and Beyonce, you think DMX. Uh... DMX's first five studio albums all debuted at number one. So now Beyonce is the first artist to have their first six studio albums all reach number one debut or otherwise chart history yeah and you know um someone one of my chart co-workers uh trevor anderson pointed out last week when i wrote my story about this particular achievement 
um, how it was probably going to happen. Can I can I play Trevor in this? Um, yes, please. Trevor said, "But what about Drake? What about Drake?" <laughs> Thank you, Katie. This doesn't have. To, I, I was like controlling. I'm like, let me tell you what Trevor said, and here's what Keith said, and then Katie is just watching me on the other side of the room. But th- since I eavesdrop on everything you do in your office, I know that he said, "But what about Drake? Uh, but what about Drake?" <laughs> so so Drake, which is a, which is a nice segue. Uh, Drake's new album, Views. Um, which I, I think they are positioning as his fourth studio album, his fourth full-length studio album, um, and his first studio album since uh, Nothing Was the Same in 2013, right? Um, it is on track to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 next week. Um, I'll talk about the forecast now, and then we'll get to how this compares to Beyonce. So, Industry forecasters, after just the album's first day on sale, and it's it's uh, exclusive to iTunes for the first week, exclusive to Apple Music streaming service and iTunes on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, it went on sale and for streams last Friday. Although Pandora would really like you to know that you could listen to it there, too. <laughs> well, but Pandora isn't a traditional streaming <laughs> no, service. No, it is not. Pandora is an it's a radio. radio station. Yeah. It's very different. Because <laughs> um, you can't just go listen to the whole Drake album on demand there. Correct. It's very different. Correct. Um, but, you know, anyway, that's that's an aside. Um, so, industry forecasters suggest that Drake's album could do over 800000 in just straight album sales, which, again, is just from iTunes in its first week. And its total units could be over 900,000. Wow. And it could even flirt with a million. So that whole thing about Lemonade being the best-selling album yep. of 2016... Probably out the window in ...will a week. quickly go away in one week. But let her have her moment. We'll have, yes, it's yeah. Beyonce's week. So if Drake debuts at number one, which it's looking like he probably will, that will give him his sixth consecutive number one on the Billboard 200. Now, didn't we just talk about Beyonce with six? I didn't hear an important word, though. Studio album. Yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? Yes. So the new album that Drake just put out is considered a studio album. The two albums that he released in 2015, both of which debuted at number one, were uh, What a Time to Be Alive with Future. And if you're reading this, it's too late. Uh, Now, both of those, I think, are widely considered to be mixtapes. Yes. Um, And mixtapes are not... I mean, generally, the the old, old school way of looking at mixtapes way back in the day was like, it was like this underground thing that you didn't put up for sale. Unofficial release. Unofficial. You could sample whatever you wanted because you weren't doing anything. You weren't trying to profit from yeah, it. Yeah. You know, yada, yada. It's not supposed to be a finished, like, necessarily a cohesive, like, record. It's like, like, a you know, it's not considered a proper official studio recording. Yeah. But lately, in the past few years, we've seen a lot of artists put out mixtapes. It's kind of hard to tell the difference. It's hard to tell the difference. Yeah. And especially because Drake doesn't really do a whole heck of a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, Come on, Drake. Come on, Drake. <laughs> Pop Shop Podcast. Come on. You got nothing else better to do. <laughs> We're just trying to convince everyone to come on the show on this episode. This is, this is not the way to go about doing it. Uh, well, this is how it works. <laughs> hey, Drake, are you listening? Are you? Come on now. Um so his, his this new album is a studio album. His last two albums that both debuted at number one were considered mixtapes, generally by his record label and, mm. and generally by him, I believe. I know I saw an interview he did with Rolling Stone where I think he considered the future thing as a mixtape. Um, but then he had three number ones before that that were all studio albums. Yeah. Um, so this would be his fourth studio album to go to number one. But it would be his sixth overall. 
Um, and then also muddling factors is that his very first album to enter the chart was an EP. Yeah. And it peaked at number six. So yeah. far gone. Yeah. Um, Man. And, We're and, just getting into some gray area yeah, here. Yeah. And also what's also super tricky is that Beyonce, in addition to her six studio albums, she's also released live albums, some EPs, some remix things. So Those, she also has ones that, yeah. yes. She had a top 10 record with... Like, when she released her self-titled album in 2013, they released a deluxe version of it, like, months later. Mm -hmm. And with that, they put out an EP of just the extra content, and it was called Beyonce More Only, I believe. (laughs) And that that reached the top ten. That's incredible. So... As with all things, the chart stuff is always, you know, there's lots of asterisks and, you know. This is why Keith is here, to keep it all straight, though. Fine print. So, um, that said, Drake could be number one next week on the Billboard 200 with the year's biggest week. Um, He's also possibly going to be number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Man, he's so close. He's so close. I don't know why I root for Drake so hard to have this Hot 100 number one. I think ever since the Hotline Bling situation where he just got prevented from getting there, I'm just like, I want it for him. I want that solo number one for him. Well, yeah. I mean, people, so that the song in question is called One Dance. Great song. And it, yes, great song. Jam. Jam. It's a total jam. It was three to two on the Billboard Hot 100 this week. It has a 22% gain in total chart points on the Hot 100. Um, and it was up 40% in both radio audience and sales. And up 10% in streams. Meanwhile, Panda at number one did have a gain, but it's not the, the gain you need to fend off Drake. Because it's looking like Drake... Well, and yeah. next week he'll have the power of the album behind yes. Him. Yeah, all yeah. the streams from that album. Yeah, you know. Now, what's also interesting is that you cannot buy. Um, well, no, actually, you can buy one dance a la carte. You can, yeah, and mo- it's at, and that's on Spotify too. Yeah. One dances because it's a single, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like the interesting thing is that uh, right now you can only stream all of the album, all of Drake's album on Apple, but mm-hmm. its singles like Hotline Bling and mm-hmm. One Dance are available a la carte mm-hmm. on streaming services other streaming services and you can also purchase them as a la carte tracks the vast majority of drake's album you cannot purchase as a la carte tracks right it's it's supposed to be sort of like a kind of a locked album as yeah i would call it yeah it's all very confusing every album that comes out has this weird set of like circumstances of exclusivity for certain a lot of asterisks yes. next to everything <laughs> i know boy so but you know what a time to be alive what a time to be alive but you know it's it's clearly working for both beyonce and drake who can both be very album oriented artists mm-hmm. and deliver a piece of work as an album and sell that and deliver that as an album and have it be something highly anticipated and consumed by people but at the same time they can also have single moments mm-hmm. beyonce with formation uh, drake with one dance they can still have they can play it from both sides yeah which you know what they've done is pretty amazing they've also been very you know press shy <laughs> at the same time yep like beyonce hasn't really done an interview at all about the album i don't think right katie no we um we've covered some you know magazine cover stories that she's had she had a an l one really recently that was um very much about her uh ivy park uh fashion athletic fashion line yeah Yeah. and but not not anything talking about the music and obviously since it was a surprise album yeah we aren't why you know we haven't had any sort of reactionary interview where somebody's gotten to speak with her after hearing the album that'll never happen (laughs) maybe not that's just not gonna (laughs) happen in three years she'll talk about it when she does a magazine 
cover story about fashion, we'll get to talk about Lemonade. Yeah. Maybe. So, four years ago, <laughs> when you put out that Lemonade album. Let's talk about that. Oh, dear. Um, you, you know, uh, we talk about how Drake could have his uh, first number one on the Hot 100 as a lead artist. You might be wondering, wait, hasn't Drake had number one singles on the Hot 100? Why, yes. He Thanks has. to his friend. Thanks to his friend. <laughs> Rihanna. Rihanna. Um, Drake has been the featured artist on two of Rihanna's number one singles, Work, which was recently number one, of course, and uh, What's My Name. Uh, but, oh, nah, nah. but, you know, I think uh, but Drake and probably his fans would probably love it if he could have a number one where he is the lead artist. Because yeah. um, these number ones still count. We still, Billboard still considers Drake as having two number one singles on the album. But Drake doesn't consider Drake. Is having. I guess not. I mean, he should. I know. Own it. It's all right. Own but, it, Drake. But I think you probably want it to be your own. Single, exactly. You know. Um. Let's talk about Prince. Oh right, Prince. Prince. Also, you know, Jeez, Prince, man, Prince is happening. We're more than fifteen minutes into the show, and we still haven't got to Prince yet. Prince has five top ten albums this week <laughs> on the Billboard 200, um, which is unprecedented. We've never had an artist with five albums in the top ten Amazing. at one time. Um, now, the surge in activity this week on the chart uh, is, is owed to how the latest tracking week for the Billboard 200 reflects the first full tracking week following Prince's death on April 21st. Um, and the previous week, when Prince actually hit number one with the very best of Prince, that actually reflected really just one, like like a half a day. Yeah, like 12 hours. Yeah, of, of impact following his death. So we were expecting there to be a huge rush on the charts, and that's what happened. So the very best of Prince, Purple Rain, the hits and the B-sides, Ultimate, and 1999 are all actually in the top seven of the chart uh, at two, three, four, six, and seven, respectively. Um, And as I said, that has never happened before. We've never had an an act with five albums in the top ten, at least since the Billboard 200 um, merged its previously individual mono and stereo charts into one big daddy chart back in 1963 and uh fans of michael jackson and the beatles might ask about something right now and i will tell you what you might be asking about tell us well so this is one of those asterisk moments (laughs) currently the billboard 200 ranks the most popular albums in the country regardless of how old they are Okay. Meaning you could have the very best of Prince and Purple Rain on the chart alongside Beyonce's brand new Lemonade album. Yes. Now, before December 2009, the chart was only for new albums. Okay. It was only for current things. So when Michael Jackson died. Exactly. When Michael Jackson died uh, in mid-2009, I don't have the exact day, of course. June. June. Um, Can give you a month at least. There were There were two weeks where he had, I believe, six albums. On in the top 10 of what we then called our top comprehensive albums chart. And the comprehensive albums chart was kind of like a predecessor to what we now consider the Billboard 200. Oh, okay. Um, because back then, in mid-2009, the Billboard 200 was only current and new albums. The comprehensive chart, we actually blended current and old albums. Interesting. Okay. So that if you looked at that chart... For a couple weeks there, he had like number ones and Thriller and The Essential all were in the top 10. Okay. And then later that year, the Beatles actually had five out of the top 10 um, on the comprehensive chart, but before the Billboard 200 changed, when they reissued their albums all on CD as remastered, yada, yada. Got it. So there were some instances where 
you could make the case like, well, technically it could, but the Billboard 200 actually hadn't changed its methodology yet. So in the strictest sense, Prince is the only person that has done this. However, there's a technicality where had the chart been the way it is now, there certainly Michael and the Beatles would have been. Okay. Um, but still, you know, I wanted, yeah. To, yeah, wanted to address that just to make sure. Um, over on the Hot 100, Prince has two songs in the top 10. Purple Rain is at number four, and When Doves Cry is at number eight. And he has six more songs on the chart. Man. I know. Little Red Corvette, Kiss, Let's Go Crazy, Raspberry Beret, 1999, and I Would Die For You are all in the top 40 as well. I know. I've been listening to the Sirius XM station, Groove. They've been playing nothing but either Prince songs or songs that he wrote or songs that sampled his songs. It's anything from the universe. Like, they started playing... MC Hammer's Prey, and I was like, what does he have to do with this? And then we're listening, and it sampled When Doves Cry, right. and I totally forgot about that. I, I forgot about that, too, until a couple weeks ago, and I was researching something about MC Hammer. Mm. I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot all about how it sampled When Doves Cry. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so that's been, like, awesome to listen to, but they've definitely, like, the songs that you just named that are on the Hot 100 are the ones that you're we're hearing on repeat, for sure. I think it's, um, well, we talked all about Prince last week, and... I hope people keep continuing to discover Prince and his amazing music. I love it. Yeah. It's such a good tribute to Prince that everyone is clearly consuming the hell out of his music. The other the other day on Facebook, I stumbled onto a performance of his from Arsenio Hall show. Ooh, I haven't seen that yet. In 1991. It was the same month that his, as his VMA performance when he did Get Off. Okay. My God, he performed like two or three different sets on the show. It was like 20-something minutes. Wow. It was... It's just crazy awesome. Amazing. Okay, it's I need just, to find this. And I'm like, I guess, and the 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 title of it says it's never been on YouTube before. I'm wow. Like, well, I can believe that. Yeah. Because okay. I'll and go I, check that out. And I, it was like watching something brand new to me because I'm like, I don't remember that ever. Wow. But it was, you know, it's all this stuff about Prince we've never seen on YouTube or it's mm-hmm. been there for a second and then it gets ripped down. And they opened the vault up at Paisley Park, so who knows what's coming out of that. Oh, I yeah. Really, I really hope they find a will. Yeah. Goodness. Um, okay, so uh, let's get to our guest interviews this week. Yay. We have two guest interviews. Um, our first interview is with Cindy Lauper. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, uh, it was so funny. When she called uh, me on the phone, and we recorded this interview uh, over the phone. So it, it's not the greatest quality in terms of audio, but it's fine. It's Cindy Lauper, so but people when, will understand. When the phone rang and I looked over and the caller ID said, who's Cindy Lauper? I'm like, she's calling me from her cell phone. <laughs> my gosh um anyway so we're so happy that the the wonderful the legendary hot 100 chart topping cindy lopper called in to talk with us the two-time grammy award winner's new album detour comes out on may 6th and features the singer interpreting classic country tunes including you're the reason our kids are ugly yes and i fall to pieces it features guest stars ranging from Willie Nelson and Emmylou Harris to Alison Krauss and Vince Gill and, and Jules even on the album Amazing. as well. Um, Lopper will be heading out on the road in support of Detour beginning May 9th and will, will be touring through at least October. And some of those dates are actually with Boy George as well. So fun. So here's our interview with Cindy Lopper. Always walking after midnight searching for you. Well, welcome, Cindy Lopper, to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. So freaking stoked to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's pretty cuckoo, you know, but it's it's all good. It's all good. It's a lot of stuff it's going a, on at once, of course. 
it's a, it's a good kind of cuckoo right now because you're in the middle of all this promo for the new album Detour, which comes out on May 6th. You know, and and after recording you know pop and dance and blues and jazz inspired albums, now you know you've given us a country record. What what was the motivation behind kind of going in in the country route for this album? Was there a specific reason why you you felt doing that you wanted to do this album? I wanted to work with Seymour Stein, and he is bucket list, and he suggested doing country around the same time that, you know, basically around the same time period as the blues album, you know, mm-hmm. all the songs from then, you know, like 50s, 60s, maybe late 40s, and um, and I just thought. I thought that would be really great. And that was around the time probably I was floating around going, where's that music? I got to get down there right away, you know? Yeah. And um, and also, I, I was in Blue Angel, which was, did some, we did a rockabilly album, or we tried to do a rockabilly album. And, um, and I, um, you know, I love some of that stuff. I cut my teeth as a singer. Listen to Wanda Jackson, Patsy Cline, you know. In fact, I even saw Patsy Cline with my nana, you know, on the Arthur Godfrey Talent Scout show. I think I was like four, and she used to watch that. And I actually saw her sing "Walking After Midnight," which is so weird because I, I, I was going to say, yeah, I didn't I, even I, realize I, that she sang that song. I just saw her and thought, you know, a TV star, you know. That's all. And I said, hey, wow, singing's good. <laughs> you, know? you, you, do, you, you do such a beautiful job on, on Walking After uh, Midnight and I Fall oh, to Pieces, mm-hmm. which the vocal is just so beautiful on the track. Mm-hmm. And yeah, truly, mm-hmm. I, it's, I, I listen to it oh, and I'm like, oh, you. I I sang it talk- a lot in Blue Angel, you know. I, oh, okay. I sang that song and I had a Patsy Klein button that I used to wear, too, when I worked at Screaming Mimi. Along with the button that said almost famous, but you know, and the movie came out. I don't know, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I had a, a, and not like this is that important, but I, I have a very specific memory of Patsy Cline when I was little, um, and I remember listening to an eight track of Patsy Cline's greatest hits in the car um, when I was a little wow. boy. And wow. it's just one of those songs, like, I Fall to Pieces, that just sticks with you, and it's so beautiful. So I'm super excited that you covered it on the album, because it's just so pretty. Oh. It's just so pretty. I thought she was like a movie star, because she always she was pretty, and she looked like a movie star to me. Harlem and Loretta yeah. Lynn, those yeah. are, like, really pretty. They look always so pretty, so. Well, and speaking of Loretta, you cover Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty's You're the Reason Our Kids Are Ugly, which is amazing. You do it with Vince Gill. Um, Come on, that's funny. It, it's hilarious. Um, what, the, pe- but country people that are listening, music was funny. It was always well, funny. It was funny. It was sad. It had everything. I used well, to watch it the, on TV when I was little, too. They had Hee Haw. I mean, I used to love, and, and they had some stuff where people just came on and really sang, like, wow, beautiful. And it was in the movies. It was everywhere. And Saturday mornings for us. Well, it was like, you know, a lot of sugar cereal, cap guns, <laughs> and, you know, every Western cereal there was, plus, um, you know, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, 
you know, and I did have a pony stick, which I kind of really liked. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, was it difficult to to get Vince and 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 the other folks on the record? Because you also have Emily Harris and Allison Krauss and Willie Nelson. Was it difficult getting them on the record, or have you been friends with them for a long time? Well, it's a strange small town, but I was I am friends with Emmy Lou. Uh, right now, she's writing a book. She's writing an autobiography, so she's deep in that. But she stopped for a minute to come out and sing on Detour. I mean, I met her when I was doing a um, Rufus Wainwright, um, uh, you know, he they do that Christmas show every year. The mm-hmm. Last year they did it in Toronto, but the year before they did it in New York, and I did it, and we shared a dressing room. And we kind of, like, talked about facials and music and you know, I guess in that order because whatever I was giving myself a facial. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we became friends, and I admire her as a musician, as a singer. She's a great artist. At the end, of, and then uh, she she came. Tony Brown knew Vince, and it was weird how everything else happened because Buddy Cannon was also someone we were talking to. And Buddy was doing something with Willie, and then he was talking to Willie, and then they wrote back, and then for a minute in my mind, I was having, like, movie dreams of I was going to be in the studio with Willie Nelson and Austin and start from scratch and all this. And then I realized, you know, you really can't go to Austin because time doesn't permit it or anything else, you know. So I did... My fit one of my favorite songs of his, one of them he's written three hundred um or more um called Nightlife, which I thought was beautiful, and his version was the best so i um I stuck to the roadmap I did what he did because I wanted him to feel comfortable on his on his work, you know and yeah. um i and it was funny because you know when you first listen to that as a singer your brain goes oh jazz blues i can do that and then all of a sudden it's really bad jazz and blues <laughs> so you gotta reel it all the way back and realize that sometimes simple is so hard so hard but all the blues and jazz was already written in the melody and it didn't need any more it needed what it had and so i concentrated on sound and just once I got that sound, I just rode the wave, and then he came in, and that was wild. It was like Yoda entering the. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's not. It's you got to realize he's he is a, such a legend. And it's Willie freaking Nelson. Come time. on. <laughs> I know, and you know, I didn't cry. I didn't ask for an autograph. We took a picture, but you know, inside I was like, Oh my God! Oh my God! I can't believe he really came to my studio. And I, you know, but I didn't cry because I thought, you know, it's so not professional. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't, and yeah. you don't want to scare people and make them think that you're like kooky. So. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't. <laughs> don't think let the pink hair throw you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, you you must be uh, stoked because you're going to be taking all these songs on the road starting 
May 9th. Um, I think the first date's at the Ryman. No pressure. Um, I know, but, right? No, but yeah, I got to tell you something. I'm really excited because these, so, I mean, I'm a singer. This is a singer's album. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's so fun to sing it and go back to it. And, you know, I, I started to mix up the old songs in there and I was listening to them. And these songs, some of them are so happy and so, like, soulful and, you know, and then I stuck one of my other songs in there and I'm like, oh, my God, you're such, so intense. You know, <laughs> my music is so intense, you know. But um, I thought it's going to be a lot of fun. You know what I mean? I kind of wove them all through. So I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. excited about it. So let's see, Our you can- know, I, I'm... I was going to say, it must be kind of hard to, to figure out the, the right kind of set list for, you know, the tour this summer, which runs throughout the summer. You're also playing Glastonbury, which is going to be crazy amazing. Come on, um, right? No more Pennsylvania I know. tour. I just got to do it. Wow. <laughs> um, is, it, is it, I mean, I've asked other folks this before, especially especially artists that have such a, you know, a, a deep catalog of, of songs, especially very varied songs. Is it difficult for you to put together a set list um, for the show each night? Because there are songs that you probably feel that you have to do. Um, at the same time, you're trying to balance that with wanting to play the new material as well. No, I think um, I think they kind of go cool together. And there are some songs that I haven't done for a while that I want to put, you know, in there too. Because you don't want to just see them person sing the same old, same old. So... The stuff that, you know, the favorites, which will change a little. You can make anything go together, let me tell you. <laughs> and yeah. I have, you know, have a lot of experience with arranging music. I love it. You know, that's what I do. So I'm well, excited. Then I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to the I Fall to Pieces she medley, because that will probably be amazing if you did that. Yeah. Well, yeah, if the she you'd fall to pieces, calm yeah. on. <laughs> so I'm going to switch songs around because I can't do all of them. So one night I might do Walking After Midnight, and the other I'll do I Fall to Pieces. But I think, like, I can't really tell you the set list because you'll print it. And then every no, I won't. The set list. No, it'll be, okay, it'll so be a surprise. Think, People should go to the I show. Think, I think that, yeah, but, like, if you listen to the bass line or the line of the music, it kind of, especially, I think, live, everything gets a little harder and a little faster. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it's live, it has to have intensity, and then, but I think that like, like funnel of love, like dang, 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 right, and then down, 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 it's yeah, sick, you know, and then you put another what a what a put heartache, I don't know, I'm still fucking with it. Suppose I'm wrong, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm gonna I'm trying to work with the iTunes thing and move everything around on there, make my playlist, listen to it, and see how it goes. I did, um, you know, all the other guests, like Alison Krauss, and um, see, Vince came in because he knew Tony, but I know Vince kind of through Amy. It's in... Another thing about Nashville, they're really nice. Yeah, they are. Really nice there. So it's not like it's not like New York. It's it's kind of funny. I mean, but I I had a great I had a great time with them. They were they were so kind to me. And Allison 
see Buddy. We spoke to Buddy, and I didn't know if I was going to work with Buddy Cannon or Tony Brown. And I wound up working with Tony Brown because I wanted this whole ride thing and all the things I was describing to him, he had no problem with of how I wanted to work. And I wanted a partner. I wanted a producer partner. I didn't want to basically, you know, a producer. I wanted a partner. And I had my ideas and he had his ideas. And when I was wrong, I knew he would step up and say, hey, you're wrong. Try this. Or if I felt he was wrong, I'd say, hey, listen to this. That's not right. I don't think that's right. And discuss it and play each other music all the time and listen, 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 listen. You know what I mean? Because that's when you play music, you got to listen. And anyway, Buddy was working with Willie. And then Willie, he contacted us. And then it wound up that I could sing on Willie's record. It, it, and he sang on mine, which was like, nobody asked me to sing on their record, which I thought was, I'd love to. Are you kidding? And then, um, then Buddy knew Allison, who was working downtown. And I had met Allison once, so I texted her like an idiot and said, big fan, because I am. And we started talking. I said, hey, you want to come over and sing on something? And she said, yes. And then she knew Jewel, because I couldn't find somebody to yodel. I thought I would learn how to yodel, you know, in three days, because they said that Peter Gabriel learned how to yodel in three days. I'm so not Peter Gabriel. It's my dad, <laughs> you know? Because I would like to be more like him, but I'm not. So Jewel, Jewel's yodeling on the up, track, by the way, is amazing. Yeah, so, it's for, pretty yeah. funny. And, you know, I wrote her a text. I still have the text where I said, hey, it's in, you know, is this Cindy Lauper? Is this you, Jewel? If this isn't, well, just chalk it off as another crazy text. And then she answered me back, yes, it is me. And I said, well, do you still yodel? And she said, that's an odd question. People don't ask me. And I said, well, if you do, you want to sing Yodel on a track for me? And then I sent it to her. And I think the track is really a very important track, even though it's really funny and fun. And the thing is, is that in those days when that record was done, women didn't couldn't really be who they wanted to be. The only way they could be who they wanted to be was through being a girlfriend or marrying somebody who did what it is you wanted to do, you know. Although I thought it was very funny because she does say, I want to be, I want to pillow my head, need to sleep in her. She never mentions that guy once after she says she wants to be a cowboy sweetheart. Because after that, he's out of there. You know, she just <laughs> wants to do it. And so I thought it's funny, but yet it's very true. Another great heartfelt country story. So then I got Jewel. She was a cowboy sweetheart, but she's yodeled since she was a baby. And her voice is like, like an angel. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm lucky that all that happened. It wasn't a plan. It just started to happen. And, and I just think that people are really sweet and they hop on each other's records down there. It's different. You know what I mean? Seriously. No, and, and yeah. it's, it's like a domino effect, and, and 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 they're all so friendly, and all the folks in Nashville truly are uh, nice folks, and and you know you, the the jaded part of a person, you want to go there and say, you know, is this real? Are you really being real? Can you actually be this right. nice? And are as you, it turns out, actually, really no, they being, can't be. And they are, yeah, and and they're also. It, it, 
it's they're very very talented, really talented group of people. Yeah. And you well, know, Vince Gill, it's almost disgusting. It's just he's nice. Well, I, he's I, funny. He plays like a shredder. He sings. His voice is like butter. So you know that's that's annoying. And um, well, you know, I could I could actually gab with you for a really long time, but I can't keep I know, you forever. I know, so yeah, I gotta go. So again, Cindy Lauper, thank you so much uh, for taking the time, and um, hope to see you on the road this summer. Absolutely. Here I go, going down, down, down. My mind is a bright, my head is a spinning. Thank you again to the awesomely awesome. Cindy Lauper. The adorable Cindy Lauper. The adorable. She was so nice. So it's just, goodness gracious. <laughs> Another pop diva to check off my list. Of, Seriously. Of amazing, amazing ladies that I've had the opportunity to speak with. Um, well, we have another uh, guest interview this week with Adore Delano. Now, I don't know if Adore has actually ever performed a Cindy Lauper song. Perhaps. I can imagine that that would be in the repertoire. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Adore Delano is is probably best known as a competitor on RuPaul's Drag Race uh, in the 60s, sixth season of the show. Um, American Idol fans might also know Adore as Danny Noriega. Yes. Keith uh, Keith clued me in on that. I was like, oh, <laughs> Danny Noriega, of course. of course. I know him. Danny Noriega. <laughs> um, well, I, I actually was more familiar with Adore right. as Adore. And Adore has released two albums, uh, and the most recent of which is called After Party. And it debuted at number one on our Top Dance Electronic Albums chart earlier this year. Um, Adore is currently on the road with the RuPaul's Drag Race Battle of the Seasons Tour, which, as I said earlier, I saw in London, and Adore was amazing. Adore was, like, full-on, kind of, like, like rock star, drag performer, like, you know, you, you, you almost kind of expect Adore to be, like, at, like, the Whiskey-A-Go-Go <laughs> Like like eighties sunset strip style or kind of but 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 not like that like you know not not quite Nikki Six like Motley okay. Crew but you know I mean very very like swagger very yeah. very cool but at the same time very nice and very like awesome that's that's great so um you should definitely check out the tour um Adore is playing uh, select dates for goodness gracious a number of weeks coming ahead make sure to check their website Adore's website as well but here's our interview with the amazing Adore Delano Welcome, Adore Delano, to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me. Yay! I'm super stoked because I've been a fan of you since Drag Race. Oh, thank you. Because you were a contestant on the 2011, no, 2014 season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the sixth season, 2014, the runner-up. And since then, you've done incredibly well on the Billboard charts. Yeah, I've just been singing my little heart out, trying to, trying to do something. <laughs> trying to do something. Love it. <laughs> a little something, something. A little something, something. Stop it. Um, you're actually taking a break in the middle of the RuPaul's Drag Race Battle of the Seasons tour. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you guys sort of have like a week off right now-ish. Yeah, before DragCon comes up, yeah. That's kind of a big deal, DragCon. Yeah, it's, it's cool. You get to like meet all the people and put the faces to Twitter and stuff like that. It's 
pretty neat. It's a cute little experience. Um, I like that it's no longer faces to names. It's faces to Twitter. It's so true, though. I'm going to this show. I'm like, I think I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Is that basically what it turns into yeah. when you meet and greet people? Yes. I'm like, I know you. I liked your pictures. It's so bad. It's I know like, you from Instagram. Literally, it's like that. It's like, Oops. But then it's, but it's cool because then you actually get to see these people in real life. Yeah. Like, I follow a lot of the World of Wonder people. Yeah. World of Wonder is the producer of uh, Drag Race. And um, they put on DragCon, and they have a lot of, like, YouTube series. And mm-hmm. it's funny when I watch James St. James do his Transformations videos, he'll bring in people that he only knew from Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just like, it's so good to see you in the flesh. That's <laughs> awesome. Social media bringing people together yes. forever. It's so weird. Um, and you, speaking of which, you were actually, like, you had a big presence on YouTube before Drag Race. Yeah. Because after American Idol, when you uh, you were on the show as Danny mm-hmm. Noriega, um, mm-hmm. you then established yourself as a YouTube yeah. Star. Yeah, I would do YouTube a lot. Like I did YouTube before um um American Idol, but no one really was checking for me until like after <laughs> they wanted to see what the little gay kid was doing after the show and I was like, Hey, I'm here. But um yeah, I, I kinda panicked. I think a lot of people were kind of like thinking they were too good to kind of like create their own audience after that because it's like such a big, you know, platform like American Idol, it's like, oh, you go from that to like I went straight to my bedroom and got a camera. I was like, girl, you have to find your audience or else you're, you're lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had to build that. Like, So I'm very proud of that. I'm just like, every Wednesday making a video. <laughs> do, you but, st- do you still like maintain like a, like a sort of a presence? Because I, I went to your YouTube channel, mm. obviously. Uh, but it seems like you probably you have, a, you have a little bit less time now. Yeah, I have almost no time. I, like, that's why I'm pretty excited about this like week to have off. Just to kind of sleep in my bed for like four days, but I mean, yeah. I mean, when I do have time off, ain't nobody trying to do a video other days. Like, uh, <laughs> I think bring you like, mozzarella cheese stick, someone. It's a day off. People, people it's like fun, people don't understand. Like, like you have to think of it like your job, like mm-hmm. your nine to five job. Like, you know, I'm at Billboard Monday through Friday, and Katie's here Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. On the weekends, we're like, we try not to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want to hear anything about drag. You don't want to smell any type of perfume that relates <laughs> close to the perfume that you wear. It's just, it's weird because it's true. It's like I somebody walks it. by, I'm like, eternity. It's like, you just it's kind true. of. <laughs> you just have like a sudden, like, it's like traumatic PTSD. stress in the, in the <laughs> it's scary stuff. I just want to watch South Park. I want to just sit in the dark and just eat donuts, like, forever. <laughs> I well, your, your your tour schedule has been crazy relentless since the tour started. I want to say it was like, what, maybe March-ish, April? Um, I don't know. It was recent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it started in Europe. Yeah, we started the Europe one, and then it's been like constantly like nonstop for the ones that have been like on both. Like Courtney and I have, have been on both of them. So um, we haven't really had a break. I mean, in between, like, a break was, like, a day or two, but, like, we filmed, like, a music video in New York that day and a half and, like, just went straight back on tour. It was just, like... It's nuts. Yeah. It's, it's like, I was... I remember um, I tried to get you guys to come in, or tr- try to get you to come in, I think, like, a week ago when mm. you were going through Anaheim. Okay. And they are like, the bus cannot stop in L.A. Oh, we do man. not have the time. Hey, we had, like, a day off here, too. That's scandalous. We could have done it. <laughs> It, it clearly was not going to work out, but it's, it works out now because Amazing. you're here. Um, awesome. And then it all going, worked out. It yeah. all worked out. Um, you're going back on the road uh, for select dates through May and early June. Mm-hmm. Um, the tour will then continue without you. 
Mm. Um, you're like, mm-hmm, sure mm. it does. I have no idea. <laughs> um, Where am I? And no. then um, you'll be going to Australia for the tour. Yes. Have you played Australia before? Yes, I've oh, played gosh. Australia a, a few times. No, we. Um, it, it's it's very interesting because they're like, oh, you get to get a break when they're doing it without you. I'm like, no, homie. Like, I'm doing my own tour after that. Like, it's like it just constantly to like the next break, like officially without any work or touring is like September for me. So it's like we're constantly going. Um, I haven't had the chance to kind of promote After Party in my second album because. Um, bots just kind of swept me up, so it's like we're kind of doing that on the on the road with like a, s- a song here or there on the tour. Yeah, but it's like I would like to do like I mean my own tour with the album, which is why we're not stopping. I was I was <laughs> I was gonna ask. I'm like I hope there's a solo tour that you yeah. have to do. Yeah, soon. yeah, we're starting in Brazil and then we're we're heading to um, come to Brazil, right? Yeah. They are <laughs> not <always>. there. <laughs> I hope when you get there, there are actually gonna be people that show up. Oh, I was there. I did a tour okay. there last year, okay. and they're nuts. Like they show up. There's like 50 of them at every airport with signs. It's like Jerry Springer. It's so fun. <laughs> No, but they're they're just so appreciative and just like awesome humans. Just the, the appreciation that they have is just really it's humbling. It's, it's very humbling. It's, it's cool. So <laughs> do we know? Do we know? Uh, are we allowed to say when the tour might be starting? Yeah, um, that starts in July, right? And then um, I think in August we're looking at um, a Europe tour with the band, which is going to be really fun. See, yeah. I was I was telling Katie uh, the other day. Uh, I was saying like your when you perform, it's like you're watching, like, a rock performer. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, a traditional sort of, like, drag yeah. performance. It's still drag, but at the same time, it's very rock. It's very swagger. It's Definitely. very, like... And when I saw you in London, I was just like, I want more from Adore. Mm. Like, I want to get more, but, like, it's hard to fit all the queens in yeah, into is. a big multi-act show, so that's why I'm really looking forward to your own show. That would be yeah. awesome. I mean, that's where I shine. I get, like, social anxiety. I, it's so weird. Like, the older I get, like, the worse it's getting. It's, like, the more people are like, oh, we love your stuff. I'm just, like, uh, hide in the corner. It's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's scary that's stuff. That's perfect. That's exactly what we want from a pop star. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, when you go on stage, that's where I'm, like, you know, what? I can show you, what, like, what I'm here for. You know what I mean? Like, this is, like, what I do. I'm most comfortable on there. So it's, like, that's where, like, the swag that I don't have off of stage comes <laughs> from because... I mean, the cool thing about um, RuPaul's Drag Race is that we all come from different universes of drag, and it's like uh, we get to showcase that um, on a tour like that. And it's kind of like um, I, I don't have that. Like, we all have, like, inspiration. So my inspiration yeah. show my performers, like Freddie Mercury, Amy Winehouse, like, stuff like that is is um, sugar and spice and everything nice for me. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a nice uh, sampler platter yeah. when you go to the, the BOTS tour, Battle of the Seasons, mm-hmm. B-O-T-S, mm-hmm. BOTS. Got it. I'm explaining this for Katie. She doesn't watch <laughs> Drag Race. Yes, She's the girl, I'm what? I'm here. <laughs> Kinda. I'm just here. I'm eavesdropping on the conversation currently. <laughs> she watched you on American Idol. I did, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> no, you were the best. You were the best. Like, the personality was amazing. No, I loved you. it. Loved Th- it. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, you mentioned After Party, which which uh, is your second album, mm-hmm. debuted at number one mm-hmm. on Billboard's Top Dance Electronic Albums chart. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. It's Yay. freaking huge. That's it's awesome. awesome. Number one in the Billboard charts. Yeah. Not too shabby. That's pretty cool. Um, you've already made two videos um, yeah. for the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynamite, which was sort of very clubby and sexy and lots of skin and yeah. uh, sweat. Um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, I noticed at some points there was like frame missing in the video. I'm like, so what'd they take out? <laughs> what didn't make it into the video? Oh boy. Lots of things. Lots of things. Lots of things. <laughs> um, yeah. Videos are, that, that was a long day. I remember. It was <laughs> all like a one day shoot. Yeah. That was a two day shoot. I think it was, I think we went to like four in the morning and I was at like, course and I was like, I'm over this. Like, I was going to say, you're the most closed person 
clothed person in the yeah. video. <laughs> well, it's funny because like now, like with the second album, at least like I can have like a little say so like wardrobe and stuff. Like the first album, like oh, we hired a stylist and they're gonna put this on you. And I'm like, um, that doesn't even fit my thigh. Like, what are you doing? So now I'm like, no, I want an oversized top and I want to cut it so it's off the shoulder. Like, bitch, I'm gonna make my decisions right. So it's like that's why you've I was earned clothed. it. Yeah. You've earned it. <laughs> that's why I was fully clothed. Girl. In that video. <laughs> um, and then you did uh, take me there, which yes. was kind of the. Almost like the complete opposite. opposite yeah. Very colorful, very fun. Yeah. It looked like you're in a bathtub with either like Lucky Charm marshmallows or. They were Valentine Hearts. Valentine Hearts. Yeah. Oh, conversation like, Hearts. Like, there yeah. were, like thousands of them in that. <laughs> yeah, there were. And they had like cool little things on them. It was like fleek. And like they had like cute little like what kids say nowadays on Instagram. I was like, oh, I feel cool. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the kids are saying. Yeah, like, good old kids are teaching me. <laughs> Um, is there? I, you said that you just sh- you just shot a video in New York. Is that, a, that for a video for this album? Yeah, it's for ICU. We we were in Brooklyn and we were just like kind of vibing out. It's very swaggy and 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 oh, it's just so fun. It's very Brooklyn. Spit curls. It's very that. I was super excited to do that. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming there could be more after that too. Or yeah, definitely. We we already have like two mood boards going on where you're like doing two more videos. I think it makes perfect sense. Like when drag performers, um, you know do music videos yeah. I, wa- I want you guys because you're such visual artists anyways, definitely but it's also very hard for you to probably execute them the way you want to and right. have the time and the money and the right. yada yada so it's good so yeah you're doing a good and job it's <laughs> also really confusing though because they hire like a lot of the teams like hire stylists and makeup artists and, and a lot of the time we are our own stylists and makeup artists so it's right. kind of like Eek, like, I don't want you touching my brow, but how do I say this without offending you? So, like, now... I think you just say it. Yeah, right? No, I, I'm, i like, seriously, like, I'm that girl. Like, I'll be like, okay, fine, you can do my eye, and then I'll cry about it later. Mm. But, like, now I'm just, like, I tell my, my manager, I'm like, hey, don't be hiring those makeup artists, okay? Because I'll just do my own makeup. They can do my hair, but no, they're not touching my face anymore. <laughs> I, I, I think it's probably a learning curve for, you know, all of the... Because this is such... Since Drag Race started, yeah. um, and I th- we're now in, like, our, what, eighth or ninth season or something yeah we're on a ninth going on next year yeah. yeah it's just i think i think each year everyone learns because we did not have this kind of sort of sisterhood of, no. of drag performers that are now big stars yeah yeah and it's, i think it's kind of like learning like you start running and try to catch yeah. up and figure out how, how it works and i think now it's kind of people kind of have it figured out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's a, lot, uh, there's a system that goes on now. I yeah. Think, I think it's like, oh, I think I might win, so let me put out an album and see if I can shake a chunk or two. But it's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, you should just kind of play to your strengths, and, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, I mean, I was a musician before Drag Race, so I knew I was going to have that album come out, you know, before before I lost, because everybody knew Bianca was going to win. So, <laughs> no, I'm like, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's the difference, though. Like, I was a musician before that, so I, I had that, like, you know what, this is going to happen. Like, I had it all mapped out for, like, I feel like years, but, um, yeah. Did Were you doing drag before and during Idol, too? Yeah, before. Um, I used to do, like, competitions, like, locally. Like, and um, they used to call me, like, RuPaul in my city and stuff like that. Like, because <laughs> I was, like, very enjoy- – it was very Pete Burns, just beat mug, but, like, you know, crop tops and, like, thigh high. Like, I was, like, punk. I was, like, a punk kid. Like, but it was just very androgynous and kind of, like, gender-bending. But, Yeah. Glitter eyes and all. And then you had 14. to do the mainstream world of Fox and yes! I <laughs> My mom was like, you are not going on that TV with pink hair and piggy tails. Like, there's no Aww. way this is happening. It's kind of sad. I wish you, like, had, actually. It's so weird because we were in a time. I think back then they wouldn't have understood it. Right, I yeah. think right now it would have been cool for, More like, you so. know, Fox to put that on there. But, like, I don't think they would have got it back then. I think they would have been, like, they would have wrote me off because... 
Um, there was like, I remember there was a contestant, and my, my principal had told me when I told her I was auditioning for Idol, and she's like, you were not going to get it, because there was a guy on there like last week that was just like you, and they didn't even pay attention to his voice, so I'm like, Bzzz. Like, just buzz my head off. Like, holy dang. But, I don't know. Man. Yeah. Times have definitely changed yes, since then, even though it wasn't even that long ago. It was not that long ago, but it's weird what, like, even five years do. Like, yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy, and it's, it's crazy what fear does to people. Mm. <laughs> yep. Um, you mentioned, and we'll wrap up, because I know you have to go it's soon, fine. but you mentioned Bianca. Yeah. Um, and Bianca won your season. Yeah. Oh. Wearing her hat. <laughs> you're wearing a Bianca Del Rio yeah. hat. Not An me. Alaska shirt. <laughs> Love you're, it. You know, you're, you're repping. I'm for, repping the homies. <laughs> well, I was, that feeds into my question. Is there kind of like a, like a sort of a tribe, like you, you all get along? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's like a family where yeah. you're always going to have disagreements with folks, but all of you have been through something unique together, mm-hmm. you know, and only you guys will be actually able to understand. That's exactly what we say. That's exactly what Courtney says. She's like, we are the only ones that like know what we went through. I think that's why um, they, we have like a top four of my season, like a chat that still goes on from the day they gave us our phone back on set. <laughs> like we still talk in that like almost every other day. It's and like it's, a group text. It's so a just group keep, text. Wow. Top four. We always like, we have to keep in contact with each other because only... Uh, only we know what we, we went through, you know what I mean? It's like, we all filmed us getting eliminated on that stage because it's an alternate filming and stuff like that. So we were all kind of the top. Like, at, at least that's how we felt. Yeah. So it's kind of like, that's just a tribe in its own. It's like, you can't get rid of that whole, like, it's the sisterhood of the traveling freaking Tierra. It's like, you can't get rid <laughs> of that. I feel like you said that before. Have I? I, I don't it. know. It's like, that's great. <laughs> no, I'm a rapper, man. I just spit it out. It just keeps coming. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for coming in, Adore. Thank you. This is yes. great. Um, we'll see you on the road soon, and uh, we look forward to seeing your next video very soon. Mm-hmm. And um, congratulations on all your success. Well, thank you for everything. I appreciate it. Yay! <laughs> Good stuff. Love it. Tomorrow doesn't mean a thing. So we young and we got some dirty minds. Ripped jeans with a bottle for the night. Thank you again to Adore Delano. So, so super stoked that Adore came by the office. And, you know, also make sure if you're in Los Angeles this week to check out RuPaul's DragCon. Yes, indeed. There's an entire convention dedicated to drag. It is happening uh, this weekend, May 7th and 8th in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Convention Center. I'll actually be moderating a panel there. It's Keith's second appearance at DragCon. My second appearance at DragCon for the for the for the second year. Only appropriate for Billboard's drag editor. Yeah, um, <laughs> Adore will be there. Um, I'm I'm assuming probably signing stuff at a at a booth somewhere, and I'll be there uh, moderating a panel uh, called Legendary Ladies of the Eighties. Eighties ladies, uh, starring uh, Debbie Gibson, Saida Garrett, and Michelle Visage. Amazing. I know it's, it's going to be, be so much fun. It's going to be a hoot. <laughs> Um, so there we go. And, uh, I think now, what time is it now, Keith? Well, what time is it, Katie? I think it's probably time for your chart stat of the week. Yay! <laughs> so this is not even on the script because Katie doesn't even know what it is. Uh-oh. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Back on May 3rd, 1980, Bob Seger. Oh, Detroit's own. Detroit's own. Scored his first and only number one album on the Billboard 200 chart with Against the Wind. Spent six weeks at number one, and helping power it was the classic confessional title cut, which also reached number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, 
Notably, the album also dethroned Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, wow. Which was up there for a a little bit of time. Kind of popular. (laughs) So that's the power of Seeger. Um, He's actually charted a total of 10 top 10 albums on the Billboard 200. And he's also had one number one single on the Billboard Hot 100. Katie, can you guess what it is? Night Moves? No. Uh, Hollywood Nights? No. Um... It's, it's not against the wind, I'm assuming, since we've already addressed that. No, that was number five. Um, it's it's kind of an unlikely number one, but it was incredibly I mean, I can, popular. I can name Seeger for a while. Oh, well, okay, let's see. <laughs> Main Street. Oh, uh, um, Old Time Rock and Roll? Nope. Okay. Um, I figured maybe it got there with Risky Business or something. Um, uh, and, of course, now I'm slowing down. Let me give you a hint. Yeah. It's affiliated with a film. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, um. Uh. Yeah, that one. Why don't you stay? Or we've got tonight. What's it no. called? We've got tonight. Think big, huge pop hit, nineteen eighty-seven. Oh man, nineteen eighty-seven. Nineteen eighty-seven. And it wasn't old time rock and roll. Look, you're getting kind of busted here. <laughs> Are, are you having a breakdown right now? Yeah. Oh, is that? <laughs> shake down. Shake, shake down. down. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten there. That was not what I was thinking at all. Shake down from Beverly Hills Cop 2 reached number one back in 1987. Amazing. Shake I down, love Seeger. Break down. Take down. <laughs> Everything rhymes with down, 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 <laughs> down, down. You're down, down. Um, he started a total of 31 entries on the Billboard Hot 100. Wow. Under both... Bob Seger, Bob Seger, and, and the Silver, Silver Bullet, Bullet Band. And also, I think it was called Bob Seger System. I think it was his very first band. Okay. Had a couple hits with them. So, yeah. Um, but his only number one single was... That's shocking. Shakedown. That's really shocking. Yeah. Well, you know. At least he got there. Yeah, at least he got there. <laughs> so there's a chart stat of the week. Back in 1980, Bob Seger got his first and only number one album, at least so far, on the Billboard 200 with Against the Wind. All righty. Well, it's been a packed, packed podcast this week. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You had, <laughs> so, what, what are you going to so say? So much chart. Wait, were we, what are those parting words you have there, Katie? Yeah, the, the, I was like, I don't know when. Uh, 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 yeah. I know. <laughs> That's how I feel after that. And then, you know, just so much happening. Yes. So much happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have something that we're cooking up for next week's show. Very special. We can't tell you yet. But, but, you know, stay it, tuned. Stay tuned. It'll be special. Do you have any um, other parting words aside from what you just said that was sort of not really any words at all? There were like no a, words, some... but I feel like I need to hear Night Moves now. Okay. We got to go out on some Seeger. Let's go out on Night Moves. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Working on our night moves. Trying to make some front page driving news. Working on our night moves. Summertime